Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Making his weekly appearance, uh, Eric Naiman, The Athletic, covering the Milwaukee Bucks. Eric, you back in town or are you still in Toronto? <laughs> I just landed, though. Did just you? Landed. Okay. Well, that's good. At least you got back safe. Now, did you happen to catch Chuck Freeman uh, by any chance uh, in the airport today? I, I did not see Freeman in the airport. I think just about a, there was, I think, two or three flights that just about every media member in Milwaukee was on. I think okay. I had a media contingent on my flight. I'm sure Chuck had a third on his and then a third on one other one. Yeah, he uh, apparently uh, had a lot of poutine this morning, so he was fired up about him. some of the food that he found in, in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. I'm with him. I ate well. I ate well. I'll say that. Got to ask you your overall take of – because last night I thought at the end of that game the Bucs looked shell-shocked. They looked as if they were going to come out and get a win. Early on they looked at, you know, Giannis is dropping an F-bomb and he's flexing up after the big dunk. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. This is exactly what you expect. And Toronto didn't blink. And Toronto is not afraid of this team. Yeah, I think, one, you know, you kind of look at how those – those two games in each place went and you know i think the old adage of role players play better at home certainly played out thus far through these four games uh, when they were in toronto all their guys were hitting shots and uh you know when they were in milwaukee all the bucks guys were hitting shots so uh i think we've seen a little bit of that thus far but i also am really curious to see just what Giannis is going to do going forward because uh you know, I mentioned it during that Celtics series. You know, I thought he used games one and two to just feel out exactly how Al Horford was going to cover him, how the Celtics were going to cover him. And then game three, he just drops the hammer with a 32-point, eight-assist kind of virtuoso performance. And the Raptors kind of screwed up, screwed that up a little bit. Like, it, he, he I, in many ways, I think he was ready in game three to – you know, kind of take it to Pascal Siakam. And then in game three, the Raptors said, all right, now it's Kawhi Leonard. And we're going to move Siakam over to Eric Bledsoe. And he's not really going to cover Eric Bledsoe. He's just going to be there to, you know, sort of help out and make things tough. And you're going to have to go through Marcus All, and you're going to have to go through all this. So I think, you know, we've seen Giannis, I thought, look a little bit more comfortable last night. But he still does not appear all that comfortable attacking Kawhi Leonard. And, I know after the game I talked with him and he said, you know, I, I'm a guy that makes the right pass. That, that's, that's what I do. I, when I see the floor, I make the right play, and, and that's what I want to keep doing. That's what's worked for us thus far. That's what's got us to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I, I wrote, wrote today at The Athletic, it's kind of reminiscent of LeBron James early in his career. That was always the, that was always the thing with him was, you know, he, he wasn't always using his prodigious physical skills and instead – going out there and making the right play. And uh, I, I've, I've always been fascinated by the question, you know, is the right play always right? And what I mean by that is it is nice to make the right play, and I'm not going to deny that it has worked for Giannis thus far, but there are times where your team needs you to just go out and get a bucket, and they need you to be the dominant, aggressive force that, you know, they've leaned on this entire year. And, you know, with him just passing it off to guys, that can be a little bit tougher to, to kind of feel and, and to kind of understand that your guy's there. So, to me, that's really what, what this series comes down to is, is what he can do against Kawhi Leonard in games five, six, and seven. When 
you get into this game tomorrow night, is there uh, something, a because there's a lot of people talking about adjustments, you know, play Sterling Brown, play, play Tony Snell, play, you know, defensively speaking, the problem is this team isn't shooting the ball very well. So you can play def- defense all you want, but you're not rebounding right now. You're getting out-rebounded. And in addition to that, you're not shooting the ball very well. So if you're the Bucks, what adjustment do you make? Yeah, I think for me, you, you do have to at least start to think about what you're doing defensively with their role players. Because this whole season, the Bucks have – have been built on the idea that they're not going to let you get to the rim, they're not going to let you get to the free throw line, and they're going to limit your best player, and some of the other guys are going to have to beat them. And, well, the other guys beat them in Toronto. So those guys went out and won games for them. Uh, and also, you know, Quad Leonard kind of went out and, and won game three as well. So they didn't execute on, on either of those things. So to me, defensively, they just have to find a way to be a lot better. They're giving up too many open shots at this point. They're giving up too many offensive rebounds. They're, they're just not executing it in, in the ways that they've executed all season. Uh, but at the same time, they're giving up a lot of shots that they want. So, you know, do you start switching a little bit more? Do you start trying to do a little bit more to take away some of those open shots that some of these guys are getting? Uh, I know after the, after the game, Danny Green mentioned the fact that, you know, Norm Powell has a big game in game three, and they didn't change the way that they were covering him at all. They just – said, all right, well, you know, if Norman Powell's going to beat us, Norman Powell's going to beat us. And, again, last night he had a couple huge threes. And uh, that's that's a serious question for this Bucks team is, do they want to make changes and do they want to start doing things a little bit differently? Can you really just simply say stick with what got you there? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I think Toronto's figured them out. I, I mean, I, I think that's, that's the real question here. And – you know, going into game two against the Celtics, I largely thought they were going to come out and do pretty much the same stuff that they have been doing all year. And to Mike Boonholzer's credit, they changed things up and found some adjustments that made sense. They switched a little bit more, and they did some things that, you know, weren't really what they were about and totally flipped the series. And to this point in this series, we haven't really seen the Bucks do that. So uh, I think it's a, it's a good question. And really, it's to me, it's just the question that lingers over this entire Bucks season is, okay, you know, you, you've preached being yourselves the whole season and be us is kind of their mantra, like where that's what they want to do every night. But if, if what you're trying to be is something that other teams can expose, do you want to be that anymore? And, and that means, you know, a little bit of an identity crisis. So I, I'm not 100% sold on the Raptors figuring them out quite yet just because I would like to see them do it on the road if they do it in, in game five and, and really go out there and just destroy the Bucks in many of the same ways that they destroyed them in games three and four then okay uh, then you might be figured out but it's, it really is as simple as a guy like Marcus all shooting a lot more it's a guy like Norm Powell hitting shots it's it's all those guys really playing a lot better and uh, you know, that's something that the Bucks have often lived with this year. So uh, the question you asked is the right one, though. Uh, can they do it just by being who they are? And uh, I think Mike Lunholzer always tries to lean into being who they are. But at this point, you, you do have to question if it's the right idea. Talking with Eric Name of the Athletic, covering the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks tomorrow night getting back at it. Game five against the Raptors at the Fiserv Forum. 
So tomorrow night, look, I, I I don't expect the crowd not to be into this. I expect them to be completely off the hook tomorrow night and give energy and and such. But uh, in your opinion, because I hear I've heard this all day. Well, the Bucks are lucky to be two and two, and and they've been outplayed almost the entire series. The Bucks still won Game One. And I I don't I don't take that away from them because they're lucky to win it. I they they played really well in Game One. They. They walked away with a win. They they blew them out in game two, and then they, they just looked like the way they were supposed to in game three. And last night was the disappointing night out of bo- out of all of them. So do you think the luck, the Bucks are lucky to be right now at two and two? I think you could. If you want to make the argument that they're lucky to be at two and two, I think you, as a Bucks fan, could make the argument that the Raptors are lucky to be at two and two. Uh, they easily could have gone into game three, or excuse me, game four last night, down three zero in the series. The Bucks really had plenty of chances to pull out game three and then take a three zero lead. And who knows what happens as a team if you know you're down three zero. Kawhi Leonard just played three minutes, or excuse me, just played three games, fifty two minutes in game three, and you're down with a, you know with your back end. So well, maybe you fold it up there. So. Uh, I, I think that you could just as easily make the argument that you know the Raptors were lucky not to get swept. Like that, that, it, that to me is the same as saying you know the the Bucks are lucky to be two two. So the fact that both sides can make those arguments suggests to me that you know we're probably in the right spot at two two. That you know both sides can feel like they should have won more uh, and you know put themselves in an even better position. Both sides can claim the other team is lucky to be where they are. And that just means we have a couple of good basketball teams duking it out in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, before I let you go, I also want to ask you, uh, you know, obviously Giannis came out had a big night. Middleton had a big night. But the guy that's really struggling is Bledsoe. Uh, he is, what, 2 for 18, I think, uh, thus far uh, from beyond the arc in, the, in this particular series. Just this is this is very reminiscent of what we saw last year against the Boston Celtics. I, you cannot not throw him out there. But is he now living on a very short leash between him and Miritich? Yeah, I think we saw it last night. Uh, you saw him only play 20 minutes last night. So uh, I think Bud is going to be willing to lean into George Hill. But it's a really delicate balance because this entire year, all we've heard from Mike Boonholzer is the Bucks are at their best when Eric Bledsoe's at his best. And he knows that. Like He knows that when they're really good, he is really good. He's dynamic on offense. He's hitting shots. He's making plays on defense. He's just finding ways to impact the game. And, you know, with that in mind, you, you can't bury him. So you got to find a way. And, again, you know, maybe George Hill does end up playing more in game five again. But, you know, you got to find a way to try to foster that confidence and, and try to get Bledsoe back into it. And, you know, I think really it is as simple as Bledsoe, you know, hitting a couple shots. But also – taking the shots that he needs to take. Last night, I, I thought one of the threes he took, it was a in-transition uh, step back behind his back, and it was just uh, it was a terrible shot. And, again, you know, you want to encourage confidence, but, you know, you also need him to be taking good shots. And, you know, within this offense and with the way that Pascal Siakam is playing him, he's not close to him. He can step into a, a three at, at any moment. So really, it's it's trying to get the idea across to Bledsoe that take the good ones, take the ones that you know they're going to give you because they are going to give you shots. Yakim is not going to be all that close to you, so you got to take those and then you got to be aggressive and get to the rack. So uh, for me, you know, 
it, it's going to be as simple as just trying to get that through to him that, yeah, we want you to be yourself. We want you to be confident. But, you know, there's good ways to do that, and there are bad ways to do that. And and we'll see if he can figure that out in game five. Hey, one more thing. Uh, do you think the league will do anything or say anything to Toronto about Drake's antics on the sidelines? I cannot imagine they will ever do that. Uh, that it, it would shock me just because, you know, I – Obviously, he's a, a franchise ambassador, I think, is his role or whatever it is. Uh, so, one, also, we're talking about in Milwaukee. Right. Uh, that's true. Uh, so, I, I think, you know, I don't know that that may be. I think that's a bad thing that, you know, we're talking about it today. Yep, no doubt. Good stuff as always, buddy. We'll talk to uh, talk to you again next week, and hopefully we're talking about the Bucks moving on. Thank you so much. See you later. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. Eric Name of the Athletic joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They make getting it done. Call them 844-PRIDE. Go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.